0: you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Riddle. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you, so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. Welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. This week, I'm sitting down with my friend and Visionary Method alumni, Krista Kolodajic. And if I pronounce that wrong, I'm sorry, you don't have to spell it because she's on Instagram as kristaco.rd, and that'll be linked in the show notes. So Krista is the go-to resource for dietitians who want to amplify the success of their business. Krista founded the Dietitian Success Center just six months ago and has already grown it to almost 200 members. And I wanted to bring her on the podcast to share more about her journey of navigating her career as a dietitian and really taking the unconventional route even when it felt so challenging to do so. So in this episode, Krista and I are going to chat about what she did when she first graduated from dietetics school. We're going to talk about how she was able to go freelance and match her corporate salary. So she's got some really good tips here. We talk about the simple marketing and lead generation strategy that she used to begin her one-on-one coaching practice. And it's something so simple that anyone can do if they're thinking about starting a business and they're trying to find clients. We dive into how the idea to launch the Dietitian Success Center came to be. And it's really cool because exactly one year ago, Krista was actually at my house and we were brainstorming kind of the whole foundation of this business. So it's really cool to see how far she's taken it. And Krista also shares tons of success tips for anyone launching an online business or membership or community. So it was such a joy to sit down with Krista in person at my house just this past Friday. And I know you're going to find her story and her journey so relatable. So Have fun listening to the episode. Be sure to take a screenshot if you are tuning in and if you're enjoying it. And please tag me at Kelsey Riedel and tag Krista. She's KristaCo.rd. We'd love to connect with you and to see where you're tuning in to this show, whether it's in the bathtub, on a run, or during your workday. Also, big shout out to all of the awesome visionary community members who were able to join our first in-person hangout in like two years. It was so lovely to see you all and to meet so many of you in person for the very first time. It was so cool. Like after seeing people on Zoom for a year or two years to actually see them in the physical realm was really special. And I really do believe that We're not meant to build businesses in isolation and that community and connection off of Zoom are essential to the success and growth and continued inspiration behind every successful business. That's my personal philosophy and I really, really believe it so i can't wait to have more in-person meetups with our visionary community soon and aside from that i think we should just dive right into this week's episode with krista the founder of the dietitian success center enjoy krista welcome to the visionary life podcast so excited because we're actually sitting across the table from each other and we were just saying this is, for both of us, really, the first in-person podcast recording we've done for me in at least a year and a half. And for you, you said first yeah. in-person recording yeah. ever,
1: right? It, honestly, it feels so good. Oh. It's so nice to just have this chat and to be to feel like I'm just sitting with a business buddy, just yeah. like having a coffee and having a chat. It's the mm-hmm. best. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's what I've missed so much over the last year and a
0: half is really just like feeling... That there's more to my work week totally. than just me rolling out of bed, going mm-hmm. into my office, doing some Zoom calls, doing Zoom calls, yep. and then shutting down and going to like do a solo bike ride or go totally. on a run. Yeah. And for me, like thinking back to some of the earlier days in my business, I'd get out of the house, I'd go to a co-working space. I was just telling you I would host in-person podcast interviews, and there was so much true connection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just. It's a little more difficult to do that these days. Yes, it's great for efficiency because you're like, great. I have a you know forty hour work week that Mm -hmm. I can probably just smash out, be so productive. But at the same time, I always think, isn't the point of growing a business to create relationships, partnerships, connections with people who you can later call on and be like, hey, Krista, I have a question. Or and I just feel like that's so much easier in person.
1: So oh yeah, and I was funny enough, like because I. Basically, I basically went full time in my business right before everything happened with COVID. Yeah. And so I feel like I haven't really had that experience of being able to like go to coffee shops and work, go to co working spaces, actually have people that I feel like I'm connecting with in person. Like mm-hmm. it's just. So I feel like that's been really lacking for me. And I think the first year of my business, I was just so like in it and you're just so "Ah," like, it just feels crazy all the time. And and then you kind of get past a year and you take a step back and you're like, oh, I just feel like I'm missing that human mm. connection that yeah. I just need
0: mm-hmm. oh I so, totally feel that yeah. too and so anyways that's why we're so excited yep, to do this totally. and then we get to see some of our other friends awesome. later I today know, such a good so day I'm gonna have to schedule this like once a month from now on totally because I'm like I'm so filled up totally already. totally <laughs> Okay. So let's rewind a little bit because I want to actually dig into your backstory a little bit before we talk about the business that you have today. So you initially went to school to study to become a dietitian. Mm -hmm. So why don't you take us back? Why did you
1: choose the dietetics path? And then what did you do right when you graduated school? Yeah, sure. So I did not choose dietetics originally. Um, I didn't really, it wasn't like a dream of mine. It wasn't something that I felt necessarily called to. Um, I actually went to school for uh, journalism my first year because I've always loved writing um, and I've always loved reading. That's always been a big part of what I do in my life. And so, I went to school for that for a year and then sort of realized in that I was like, oh, it just doesn't feel like it really fits. I don't feel like I really belong in this area. And then at the time I was getting really into cooking and baking specifically um, and just food in general. I was just getting more interested in food. And so at the end of first year of university, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I Found out about food and nutrition as a degree that you could do. And so I applied to that and I applied to nursing. Uh, thinking that maybe healthcare was something I wanted to get into, and I didn't get into nursing. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll do food and nutrition, not really knowing what that meant, or not really knowing what that entailed. Um, I remember showing up on during the first week of that second year of university, and somebody was explaining to me the process of becoming a dietitian. And I was like, Oh, my God, like, what did I do? (laughs) What did I get into? I just was so you're just clueless at that point in life, right? just do whatever. And so, so I was there and and I did it. And I think that, you know, going through school, it was always like, okay, um, you know, this is interesting, but I don't feel like I really felt like I Found my passion necessarily. Um, I went. I remember going through school and just thinking, um, and I know a lot of students too in dietetics pro- programs still feel this way is you're so exposed to dietetics in a more traditional sense. So working in a hospital, working for public health, working in long-term care. And it's hard if you don't feel like you really connect to those areas because it's just it's you feel a little bit lost. Like I had so many points during that four-year degree of being like, I just don't know which direction that I want to go here. Yeah. Um, but I I sort of at the end of it, I was like, okay, well, if I don't see myself in a more clinical setting, then I want to do something in public health. Just feeling like I could have, I could do more project work, things that I feel like I I actually enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up doing um, a master's of public health at the University of Toronto. Which was great. And I, I'm so glad I did that. Um, it was an awesome experience and got a chance to do placements with like Toronto Public Health and and some pretty amazing inner city programs, which were just incredible. And so I loved seeing that side of things. Um, and then I also worked for Loblaws as they have like a retail dietitian program. Um, I did my final placement there. And so I ended up getting a job with them out of that. So I worked there for a little while, but then, you know, quickly sort of uh, that whole concept of like, I just don't feel like traditional dietetics. And, and one-on-one patient care is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It just didn't really connect. And so um, I ended up getting a job with um, a food company. And I worked in food industry for three years, almost three years. And that was amazing. At that point, I feel like I kind of figured out that, oh, here's the area of dietetics that I'm sort of supposed to be if I'm going to work in a more traditional nine-to-five setting. And I think it was just because I got to be more creative than I had been at that point in my career. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was working with marketers and I was working with people on sales teams and I was working with product developers and I was working with these really cool cross functional teams to actually create products. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, that was so awesome. So it was just, it was just such an amazing experience and I'm so grateful for that. And I learned so much and it was yeah, it was just, it was so cool. Um, and I had sort of always felt, I mean, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and so entrepreneurship just was sort of always a thing in my world. And, it was always something that was accepted as something you could do, which I was really lucky to have. Yeah. Um, and I'd always maybe felt like I wanted to do my own thing at some point, but didn't really know what that looked like. Um, and so I, I actually started dabbling a little bit. I remember I, I, was, I listened to one podcast and it was a dietician who had a, who had a um, her business was nutrition writing. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I had no idea that you could work as a dietitian and just do like writing and creative projects. And so um, I sort of started in that direction. I dabbled in that a little bit. And... Um, started doing more freelancing work and sort of built it up to a point where I decided to go all in and quit my nine to five job. Um, and my plan at that point was to do freelancing and then it kind of transitioned into something completely different. Hey
0: Visionary, are you ready to launch your business? If you're looking for a way to get started, we can help. The Visionary Method is a weekly coaching program that will guide you through the process of launching your business and generating revenue in as little as 12 weeks. We have helped over 100 entrepreneurs build their businesses from scratch and find community with people just like them. You don't have to do this alone. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert, young or old, experienced or brand new. method works for everyone who wants it badly enough this isn't about getting rich quick it's about creating something meaningful that changes lives and makes the world a better place join us today by heading to kelseyreidel.com for details or click the link in the show notes and learn more about the visionary method
2: well i love that you've already
0: shared that like you didn't just find your passion right out of school like i think that's such a relatable story for so many people and they're like okay, I'm trying this new job, but something doesn't feel right. And then they might make the leap, but some people, they don't because they're so worried. Like I spent all this money. There's this traditional path that is set out for me, but I don't feel like it's quite my path. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important, um, just thought to recognize. Cause mm-hmm. I've felt the same thing. Like as soon as I started in a more traditional work environment, I just felt like something is off here yeah. and it'd be easy to ignore the nudge and just be like, shut up, Kelsey, like keep working, keep collecting your salary. But I think it is the visionary often who is like, no, like I have to keep Mm -hmm. following that nudge and go on to the next career. Okay. That's not quite right, but maybe that'll lead me to the next career. And it's almost like a trail of breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. Is that the expression? Yep, totally. (laughs) And it is our job to follow them if we so choose to. So I love that you did that. So you ended up in a freelance career. Mm How did that go? Like I've done the freelance life. I know it can be challenging, but were you able to like make a full-time income and match your salary or how did that transition? I was, yeah.
1: So I was actually faster than I thought that I'd be able to, which was really cool. And I think just purely because not a lot of dietitians were doing that type of work. And so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of work out there and I think there still is a lot of work out there. I'm just not in that world as much anymore, but Um, was, yeah, was able to build it up to a point where I was making the same amount that I was making at my, at my nine to five job. And Mm. um, I think that, you know, what, what drew me away from it was just the, I mean, at that point I was starting to just get really curious about um, just like online marketing and online courses and Mm. just online business in general. And, and I was just, I was listening to podcasts all the time and I was just getting really excited about that sort of side of things and feeling like, um, I just was having a bit of a hard time with the whole, you're just constantly exchanging time for, for money. And, and I think that's the tough business of freelancing is that you're always, you always have to be looking for new clients. Um, because as soon as a project, Finishes, you got to have something else <laughs> that's already there. Um, and yeah, and just working, realizing that I was hitting my max capacity every week, right? It was like, I was making a full-time income, but I was maxed out. And so it was like, okay, well, there's really nowhere I can go from here now, unless I'm really going to raise my prices or unless I'm going to add something else to my business. Mm -hmm. So at that point it was like, okay, well, I need to think about how I want to add something else to my business.
0: And is that when you launched your one-on-one coaching? Pretty much
1: sort of. Yeah. Like I, I had also recognized cause I had spent really the last year. I mean, every drive that I did, I was, I had a long commute to work every commute. was listening to business podcasts. Like yeah. I was addicted. <laughs> I loved it. It was just I really was able to see that like that was what I was yeah. meant to do, right? Mm-hmm. And um and I had started my MBA as well. So I was do- I'm still doing, almost finished, but um was doing my MBA part-time and really recognizing just this massive gap in terms of dietetics and entrepreneurship and business skills. Like it's so funny because we graduate with this skill set that you could turn into a business and you could make money with. And yet, so few people know that that's even an option or are brave enough to do it because they have not had any exposure to it, any education in it. And I think that there's this, there's sort of this interesting uh, dialogue that happens when you're going through the dietetics curriculum that's like, Oh, you don't do that until further down in your career. Like you don't start a private practice as soon as you graduate. Like you just don't do it. Um, you need experience first. And and I don't know where that came from or why it is the way it is because it's like, it's just, it, it doesn't really make any sense, right? It's like, if you can go and work in an inpatient unit of a hospital, why can't you, if you can be a retail dietitian working with clients one-on-one, mm-hmm. like it makes no sense. And so- really what was missing was just that business knowledge. People were scared because they don't know how to run a business. Um, they don't know how to market themselves. They don't know how to set up a business. They don't know how to do any of those things. And so that was really where I was like, okay, I think I could help dietitians do this. And I, because I, I love it, I'm super passionate about it. I recognize it's a big gap. I've done it myself. Like this is what I, I kind of want to start doing. And so, yeah. So at that time I, um, started to, I, so my first sort of dabbling into it, I remember this was, I was like, I'm just going to kind of test this out and see how it goes. And so it was around the, when I first started working with you actually, and I had run, I decided to run a free webinar Mm -hmm. and it was for dietetic students. And it was, Um, it was right at the beginning of COVID. So it was like, it was 10 things that something like this, 10 things that you could be doing that you can be doing during COVID-19 to basically like prepare yourself for, having a business or the job for it or whatever, because there was this huge group of students that were sitting there, like their whole degree had been messed up from COVID. They were maybe not getting into hospital placements because no hospitals were taking on students or they had just graduated and they were like, oh my God, I can't get a job anywhere because of COVID. It was just crazy. It was right at the beginning when everything was nuts. And so it was like, what could you be doing right now? And so it really just focused on like, how could you set up a social media presence? Like, what about a website? What about starting to build up your brand? What about doing some freelancing work? It was just giving ideas. Mm-hmm. And then from that, what I decided to do was just offer like a really inexpensive, it was like, I think I did $100 for two sessions with me. That was just like hundred bucks and we can talk about whatever you want. For two sessions, we can talk about Instagram, we can talk about... Uh, podcasting, we can talk about having a website, we can talk about whatever. And so I did that um, and ended up having, a. I think I had 15 people take me up on it. And so, which was really great. And so I got sort of 15 like clients, I guess you could say out of that webinar. Um, and it was just, and so that was sort of how I got started with it. Cause I wanted to test it without feeling like I was without feeling the pressure of like having a massive package I was trying to sell. It was like, yeah. I just wanted to see if I was good at it, see if I liked doing it. Um, just see what happened. Yeah. yeah. I love that. You just yeah. dove right in. Totally, and I think that's
0: totally the entrepreneurial yeah. character trait that, um, yeah. a lot of us have is like, we're willing to experiment and try. And it's so funny. You and I have so many relatable things. Like yeah. for me, I went through nutrition school and saw the same thing. Like there's this ancient like philosophy out of holistic nutrition school that like you're either going to work in a clinic or you're going to try to get a job in like a hospice. Yeah. There's
1: like literally (laughs) there's no in between. Yeah, Yeah.
0: And I'm like, what about starting an online business? What about starting a, you know, a a program, a group program or working with clients one-on-one by yourself, but there just isn't much entrepreneurship training or how to start a business. And I just thought like, We got to update this curriculum here. Like, times have changed. A hundred percent. You know, there's so many more options than that. And then the other thing that I think is funny too is when I first started my business, I started with, I guess it was kind of a webinar, but it was a paid social media course. And I remember thinking, if I'm going to like put together a coaching program, I first need to prove that people are like going to come if I launch something. So I started with. I think it was like a $97 social media masterclass. I and love then that. You know, yeah. <laughs> when you get a few signups for that, you're like, okay, like that's the first um, step almost. Yeah. Or like validation that I needed to keep going. So yep. I think that's awesome. I bet um, some of the listeners though are thinking, well, how did you get people to sign up for that webinar? Did you have a following already? How did you invite people? How did you tell
1: people about this. Like, do you remember yeah. those 15 people that signed up for it? Yeah. So I ended up having actually a hundred people come to the webinar. So it was a huge That's webinar, massive. which was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know. So I didn't really, I mean, I had started, so I had started an Instagram account a few months before yeah. just talking about freelancing and um, had started talking about just my journey of pretty much from the day I quit my job to, mm-hmm. or the day, my first day of full-time entrepreneurship And it started, I feel like it got some traction at the beginning because nobody was really talking about that. And Mm so um, it got some traction at the beginning. And then, so I promoted it on Instagram and just like all the other uh, Facebook, I think. And then I also sent it out to um, the dietetic like program coordinators. Mm -hmm. So I know quite a few of them just from like working in the area. And we take, I took on students um, back in my past job, and so I just emailed them, and I was like, "I'm offering this if you want to send out to your students." Mm. Um, so that was how I got the majority of people coming. Mm. But I feel like a lot of people were also just like sharing with their friends and stuff be- too, because I think up until then they felt like they didn't really have that support. They were yeah. like, "What am I?" I just it was sort of a new new idea, I guess. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think that's such a good tip for the listeners, like to identify some sort of um, like some sort of area that, you know, a lot of your dream clients have questions about, and then yeah. to create some sort of training mm-hmm. around that, right? Yeah. Like literally just think, what is relevant? What can I teach on? We all have some sort of expertise that we could package up into a one hour training to just think like, what is that thing that I could start sharing yeah. and see if the people come, right? Yeah,
1: totally. Um, and then for you, it ended up working out and you got those 15 clients right out of it. Yeah. And I think with that too, it's just like finding the way, like, what are those connections that you already have available to you? I think sometimes, you know, it was, so... Posting about the the webinar on my social media was one thing that was, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of scary, but then sending it out to all the program coordinators was like, oh my God, like imposter syndrome times a thousand. It was scary. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what got the most visibility. And so it's like, I knew I had those people and it's often scariest to be, Mm -hmm. to put yourself out there to those people that you feel like you actually know personally, because it just feels so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, but That you got to capitalize on those connections that you already have.
0: A quick word from our premier sponsor of the Visionary Life podcast, and that is Healthy Planet. If you are a health nut like me, you're going to love that you can save money on the brands you already purchased by ordering online from Healthy Planet. They love our visionary community and want to support all of us in living our best lives. So you can shop at Healthy Planet entirely online and products will be dropped at your doorstep within just a few days. It's so easy, so convenient, and that gives you no excuse to say it's really hard to eat healthy, because it's not. So treat your body, your mind, and your business with the fuel it deserves from Healthy Planet. You can shop by department, dietary need, or even just check out the sale rack. It's such an efficient way to ensure you're stocked up on all your favorite health goods all of the time. Use code VISIONARY10 at checkout to save on your Healthy Planet order. That's VISIONARY10 at checkout. So often I have this conversation with clients and they're like building their business and I'm like well have you told anyone like who's in your network already that you could start working with and they're like oh no 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 I don't want my friends and family to know I don't want to like tap into any of my connections I just want to like reach way beyond my network I'm like that's not usually the way it works. Totally, You have to get out there in front of the people that you're already connected to. And like you did, like rely on those past connections, rely on those communities that can promote you because that's going to be the way that you start reaching past that six degrees of separation, we'll call it. Big time. So yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit today. You run the dietitian success center. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, when did the idea for a membership first hit you and what were some of the first steps you took to bring it to life?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, I had done one-on-one business coaching for a little while and then, Um, I remember very clearly, uh, I was out for a run. It was July or August. I was out for a run. And um, I don't know what it is about running. Like you get into just these sort of meditative states where you start thinking of these ideas that you're like, oh my God, how did that come to me? And so I was out there, it it had been a while and I was just sort of thinking about this idea. I was like, You know, it's just so interesting that because I had heard this from a few of my clients and I remember feeling this way too as a dietitian when I first started practicing and I was like, you know, you get out into the workforce as a dietitian and you're often isolated in some aspect. So usually there's only one dietitian that works in a setting. Um, You have to be, in most cases, I would say, you have to be a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none. You're trying to learn a little bit about a lot of things because you have all these clients coming to you for things that maybe you haven't had exposure to up until then because you've only had a limited number of internship placements so it's it's challenging. And I think that a lot of dietitians feel so much imposter syndrome when they first get into the workforce because they're like, do I even know anything? I feel like I don't. And unfortunately, it's just because we're expected to know about everything. And you can't know about everything. That's really hard. And so I remember thinking to myself, and you know, you and I were talking about this before, there's so many topics in the world of nutrition, as we know it's constantly changing and evolving. You know, there's topics coming out now um, in just these new and interesting areas that I never learned about in school, you know, as we're thinking about digestive health and women's health and mm-hmm. things like fertility. And there's just all this new evidence coming out that we just had no exposure to. And so that was just a challenge. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like out running and I was like, what if you know what if we just all had access to that stuff? Like what if we just had a, a way that we could learn about these things if we needed to, so that we weren't having to Google and spend an hour prepping for a client that you're going to meet with for an hour? Like it just it didn't make sense at that point. And so, um, so anyways, that that was where the idea came from, mm-hmm. and then it really evolved into Dietitian Success Center, which is an online learning platform for dietitians. And the mission is to make it easier for dietitians and dietetic students to build their confidence and their expertise. And so it operates on a membership model where dietitians pay a monthly membership and they get access to all the content that's on the site. So we have online courses related to specific topics, so IBS, FODMAP, PCOS, like all a number of different topics, and then we add new topics every month, Mm -hmm. Um, and then they also get all of the client resources and handouts to accompany those topics, so that they don't have to spend their time creating this stuff, that somebody has already created right Mm -hmm. and so you're not having to spend hours every week trying to make these client materials and so it's all done for you and then there's also a a great community component too, where people can ask questions of other dietitians who maybe have more of an expertise in a specific topic or just get support Um, and so there's the basic membership, which includes all of our nutrition stuff. And then there's a basic plus business membership, which also includes additional entrepreneurship content. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's evolved into now. Um, and it launched in April of this year. And so it's been about seven months since Mm -hmm. launch. Oh my goodness. So much that I want to
0: unpack there. So first thing, when you first got this idea, did you, Like, I know you you didn't really have anything else available that was similar. Mm -hmm. Like, as a dietitian, you're like, this doesn't exist yet. But as you started to unpack what this membership would look like, did you ever kind of start comparing yourself to other services or Mm -hmm. other memberships or... Um, I don't know, just communities that you could be a part of? Or is this truly like the first of its kind?
1: Yeah, so absolutely. And and as part of the process, I did a pretty widespread environmental scan to see like what's already out there. And at this point, what's out there for the most part is some of the larger organizations in dietetics. And they offer like one off courses on specific topics. Um, and they tend to be at a higher price point. Plus you also have to pay for a more expensive membership. So there's just this whole, there's a bit of a barrier there. Um, it's, I wouldn't say necessarily accessible to most people. Um, and so there was that side of things. Um, but really there was nothing that was like, uh, where you had access to everything. It was accessible, it was affordable, and it was for a monthly membership fee mm-hmm. and really nothing that was like, you get the course and then you also get all of the client materials. Like, um, I, yeah, there was, there was nothing else out at that point. And I had also done as part of that process just to make sure, um, like I did quite a few focus groups too, with mm-hmm. groups of dietitians, And, um, I did like, surveys and and those sorts of things, uh, just to really make sure it was actually a gap and it wasn't something that I was experiencing, but then other yeah. people weren't. <laughs> um, and it came, it became very clear that it was like, this is not available. I need this in my life. Like, um, and so then it was just building something that was able to meet those gaps. And I think that was such an essential part of the process because, the the business model and sort of how I run Dietitian Success Center was actually different um, before I had those focus groups than after. Mm-hmm. The focus groups were key in terms of helping me understand what was actually important to people and yeah. what wasn't important to people. Things that I thought were important that didn't really end up being important. So, yeah, yeah. I love that you
0: hosted those because I think so many of us, we just skip past the focus group or the conversation stage and just assume like, okay, I've got the idea. I'm just going to build it and they will come. But I really do think that's such a valuable part of the creation process is to get into conversation with who you think are going to be your dream clients and have them validate your idea. Right. Before you spend all this time, all this money trying to just create like what you think is going to sell spend the time to do the conversations and I know a lot of people are resistant to that but I think there's so much you can learn just by getting into a dialogue with people and you'll hear ideas that you're like I didn't even think about that that's brilliant or you'll talk to 20 people and not one of them wants a certain feature that you thought was important so yeah I can't stress that enough and I'm just I think like in your process too like it probably proved invaluable in
1: creating a membership that was catered to what they needed from you. And it makes everything easier yeah. after that. Once yeah. you know who your ideal client is and you actually know them, like yeah. you've actually had a conversation with them, suddenly you can picture them whenever you're doing anything mm, in your business. Yes. Whenever you're creating something, you just have this image, you have this visual of what this person needs.
2: And yeah.
0: so
1: it makes everything easier.
2: hmm
0: how did the creation process go? Because I know for a lot of the listeners, they have a big idea too, but they're like, holy shit, overwhelming. Where do I even start? How am I ever going to bring this project to life when there's 900 million things to do? So what did that look like? Did you just like hibernate for five months uh, and give up everything else? Or
1: did you have like a spreadsheet and you just ticked off a few things every day? Yeah. So it was, um, I, I think looking back, I think it was like a five month process of actually building it. Um, so it really started off with, um, well, so what we were talking about before this, you and I one year ago, almost today, Yeah, which is so weird. It was actually one year ago <laughs> oh, tomorrow. Yeah. So 365 days. Uh, yes, exactly. Wow. <laughs> we were here at your house and we spent the afternoon mapping out the idea and just yep. sort of talking through it. And because I felt like I just needed another, person to like bounce ideas off of and just mapping out the idea just so it got clear to me in my mind um and so from there I felt like I had sort of a general plan mm-hmm. um and then I really got more because so my partner is an engineer and he's like super he's project manager so he's like mm-hmm. very detailed way more detailed than I am with these things and so we I, I kind of walked in through the plan and I remember he was like but but where's the detail? Like, when are you actually going to do that? Like, when are the dates? What are, what's the, when are these things going to happen? And I was like, oh, they'll just happen, you know, like <laughs> I'll time. just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was kind of the one that was like, I think that maybe you should start putting some dates to these things and start to break down each, each task in a, in a bit more detail, just mm-hmm. so you really understand the breadth of this project. Cause it's a big project. And so, I did. so Um, I started off with kind of coming up with, like, a vision of what I wanted it to be. I put together, uh, like, just some slides in Canva of just what I thought it would be. It helped me just figure it out in my mind and and kind of picture it a little bit more. And then I broke down each one of those chunks into bigger tasks and tried to have some dates assigned to them. Mm -hmm. Um, A big part of launching DSC was I knew I needed money to be able to do it because my basically how it works is we have dietitians who have specific expertise in topics that are teaching the courses. And so I knew I needed to be able to find dietitians and pay them well to do this content for me. And so um, I knew I needed some upfront investment. So I put together a business plan and uh I sat down with my parents um, and I ended up taking out a loan from my parents, uh, which was amazing, and I'm so grateful that I had access to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so but I mean, with that, I mean, obviously it makes it a lot scarier too, right? Because suddenly you are accountable <laughs> to actually doing this thing and making sure that it's successful. Um, and so, so that was one of the early steps. And then, yeah, it was about five months of just sort of figuring it out along the way and taking it one step at a time. I think at the time what I ended up doing was, I think two days of the week, I would dedicate to my prior business, I guess, of like when I was doing business coaching and working one-on-one with clients. And then the other three days of the week would be just dietitian success center. So Mm -hmm. um, that's sort of how I tried to divide my time. But I do look back on that time being like, that was really hard. Like it was just a tough period because I felt like I was working really hard and you still, I'd mentioned this to you before, but like you still just don't know if it's going to work and there's so much anxiety around that and fear around that and um and so I remember I, I think I was supposed to thinking originally I would launch it in February and then I ended up pushing it out to April beginning mm-hmm. of April um which worked out fine but um and I knew I, in order to do that like I had to tell people that that was the date that I was launching like I had yes. to actually put it out there because or else I knew I would just keep mm-hmm. it would just keep getting postponed yeah there's
0: something <laughs> about a public Oh yeah. That makes it <laughs> Total. real. Totally.
1: And I'm like if somebody doesn't publicly
0: declare that they're going to like launch the course or do the yeah. webinar, they're definitely pushing it 100%. 100%. Back. <laughs> so I'm like you got to pick a date. You do. Um in writing your business plan, I'm curious, do you have any tips for somebody who is about to write one like maybe what were the most important parts that mm-hmm. you'd say don't skip over this or this was a very powerful part of writing my
1: plan? Yeah, I think like just having um I mean, a lot of it came from the focus groups that I did, honestly. A lot of the answers that I needed around, like, what is this? product going to look like or what's it going to include Mm -hmm. really came from the focus groups. That was a big part of it. Um, Just having a marketing plan is so important. Where am I going to market my services? Um, Another part of it, which was big for me because I was asking for money was how much am I going to be spending and how is this business going to run month over month? Like Mm -hmm. what are the costs going to be? How many people do I need every month in order to break even? Um, Just some of those sort of calculations, business calculations, Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be anything too complicated, but just thinking about really uh, pragmatically, like financially, how is this actually going to work? Sometimes we don't think about that stuff, which is so funny (laughs) because it's like, that's how a business operates, but you do need to think about the money side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a big part of it. Um, Just trying to think back. I think those were sort of the the three key pieces was the money side, the marketing side and just the product side.
2: Love
0: that. Such good tips. Uh, You said too that you felt obviously some sort of fear during that time period of what if this doesn't work out. How did you get through that? Like when you had those moments of worry or doubt, what did you do to overcome it and then get up the next day and get right back to work? Because that's a five months is a long time to face that. Unknown. Uh, What am I even doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was part of it was like I knew I couldn't not do it just because I knew that I like me personally, I would not have been able to be okay with like not seeing it through. (laughs) It just would have been way too like I felt so it was my baby at that point, right? It was like just this thing that I had worked on so hard and to not actually see if it was going to work or not work. I needed closure there in one way or the other. And so I knew that it needed to happen and I knew it was just going to be a tough time until it did happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so it was sort of just like, okay, it's okay. This is just a temporary season of life. It won't always be this way. And so I always find telling myself that is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, just like would every, so every night my partner and I, like after dinner, we take our dog for a walk and we just chat and it's like, mm-hmm. Just having those conversations and being able to talk about those real fears and have somebody be like, it's gonna be okay. Like, even if it doesn't work out, still gonna be okay. We're still gonna be alive. Like, it's still gonna be fine, you know? So, I think, yeah, that was just those two pieces were really important. Mm -hmm. So, today you're about what, six months into running Dietitian Mm -hmm.
0: Success Center? What is working right now in terms of finding new members, like mm. whether that's marketing efforts or like how you're running it. But like what is working mm-hmm. inside of the business that is so attractive to new members at this moment?
1: Yeah. So at the beginning, it was um, so I asked that question whenever anybody becomes a member, there's yeah. like a form that they fill out. And one of the questions Mark. is, how did you hear about DSC? Yeah. And um, at the very beginning, it was almost entirely Instagram and podcast. So I have a podcast. It's the Dietitian Success podcast. And so it was almost entirely that. And then, um, interestingly enough, just sort of over the past month, Uh, I've been doing more work on like putting blog articles out and that sort of thing. And I've had a few people now who are like, I found you off of Google or through a friend. And so that's been word of mouth and, and Google have been new additions over the past month or so, which Mm. I'm really excited about because, um, yeah, that's just, that's so telling to me that like, especially word of mouth, it's like, I love that people are now starting to tell their people. There are other people about it, you know, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. Yeah, 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 and I think that's important to note too is that
0: you did already have a podcast that you were hosting Mm -hmm. before the membership, and it was specific to dietitians. Yes, exactly, right, totally. So that's a like a really good just tip for anyone listening who eventually wants to host a membership site or want a product. It's never too early to start building that community, whether through a podcast, a newsletter, a blog, a YouTube channel, right? Where at least you can start gathering like-minded people, in your case, dietitians, so that when you have something to launch, like you're not just coming out of thin air being like, hello people, like, where are you all? It's like, no, you've already gathered them on the podcast. So yes, I think that's a super good audience
1: is so essential. Like Mm -hmm. it's so essential. I mean, it's if the thought of if i build it they will come is not true like it doesn't happen that way it really doesn't yeah we don't we don't just put something out onto the internet and people miraculously find it so um yeah that oh, was a huge i heard piece. a good quote yesterday i'm probably
0: going to butcher it but i think it said uh if you build it if you build it, they may come. If they build it with you, <laughs> mm. they will stay Love or something that. like that. Like yes. it was basically focused. Yes. Like if you build it, they may come or they may not. Yes. If they build it, they yeah. will come and stay. And I was like, yeah, like, it's not just like me build something, the people come. It's like, why don't we co-create, co-build, yeah. like make this the membership you want to see as well. And then I will be the one that runs the you know, the structure of the group.
1: So So true. Super good. Yeah. I
0: love that. Um, are there any routines or rituals that you use? You're a very hard worker. You obviously are putting in a lot of time to run this business and you're doing it by yourself almost, um, with a little bit of help Mm -hmm. now, but like, what does your work week look like and how do you like have a routine around showing up for yourself day after day?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So one of the things that I started doing, um, a f- it was only like a few months ago now, and it's been so crucial is, well, a little while back, like I read a few books, which I think you had recommended at the time. And they were just about the power of consistency and that whole idea of mm-hmm. consistency compounding was oh, something yeah. that just like, it just stuck with me, you know, it just like, yeah. it's one of those ideas that you just can't get it out of your head and, and you really recognize that that's so crucial. And mm-hmm. so- I since what I actually ended up doing is um, I use a program called ClickUp, Mm -hmm. which is there's so many programs like that that are out there. They're just basically task management to do list style online platforms. Um, I used to use Asana, but now I use ClickUp and I have recurring things that I do every single day and recurring things that I do every single week. And I set it up in my calendar so that it always shows up in my calendar I don't have to think about doing it. So just things like every Thursday, there's an email that goes out to the email list or to the community. You know, every day I check in on the community and I respond to discussion posts. Mm-hmm. Um, every uh, every week at the end of the week, I do social media for the following week. Yeah. Every Thursday, there's a new podcast episode. So it's like, I don't, I don't think about it. It's sort of just these tasks that happen every week on autopilot. I mean, yeah. obviously yeah. I have to do them, but I don't have to remember to do them. Mm. They're just there. And I think that that's really important because you have so many other things happening in your life and in business, it's too hard to remember to do all the things. And so just having it automated like that, it sounds so simple, but it's been so important in terms of just making sure that I'm super consistent and just showing up consistently. mm mm-hmm. It sounds obvious,
0: but I would say like a lot of people aren't doing that, right? They just rely on their memory or their brain power each week. And that's when things start to feel chaotic because there's so many things inside the brain, like newsletter on Thursday, social media Friday. But once you have it in that project management software, it's almost like a non-negotiable. It's like, I just have to do this every Thursday and it's scheduled and it's in there. And that allows you to have structure to your work week. So, you know, there are reoccurring tasks Monday to Friday. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you have some free time, that can be your creative time. That can be your time to do admin or whatever else you want to do. So I think that's a super good tip. And I love, um, you know, you brought up the power of consistency and the compound effect and I just keep thinking, I think I was reading a Twitter thread the other day, because I'm back on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm like very fond <laughs> of it. Twitter yeah. right now. <laughs> and there's this one um, account, I think it's called marketing hacks or something. But anyways, the guy was basically saying like the number one podcast question he always gets is what is like the marketing moment that like really worked for your business mm. or what? And I ask this question all the time, but he's like, The truth is there's no moment for Mm -hmm. most businesses. It's the daily social media. It's the weekly blogs. It's the weekly newsletters. He's like, I cannot pinpoint which of those brought me my last customer, but it's a combination. It's a compound of everything. And he's like, I know this answer is so unsexy, but he's a very successful, successful entrepreneur of many companies. And that was his truth. And I was like, that's so right. Like we're all looking for that. Like what's the one thing you did, Krista? But I think for you, like a lot of it is probably the consistency of what you've shown
1: up for day after day. And that's like the unsexiest answer, but it's so true. (laughs) That's so true. And it's funny because I was actually having this conversation, similar conversation with somebody the other day randomly. And we were talking about um, social media and she was like, she was like, it's funny because you know, She sells an online course and she was like, it's funny because, you know, my course was selling, selling, selling. And then I've been really busy. So I haven't been on social media the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And of course, suddenly there's no course sales. And she's <laughs> like, but my thought process when I went off social media was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, it'll yeah. still be fine. It'll still keep selling because we don't see that it's not when we show up. The time between when we show up and when somebody actually purchases from yeah. us can be It's it's pretty much never like direct as in somebody you post something on social media and somebody buys your product that doesn't happen like Mm -hmm. it really doesn't there's a, there's, there's often a big time lapse there. And so we have a really hard time seeing, we can't see the direct impact often of what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't happen like that. And so she was like, it was just such a good reminder to me Mm -hmm. that, that I have to, that showing up equals product sales and not showing up does not equal product sales. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) such a a
0: reality check. totally. Because we often like throw up the Instagram post and you're like, time watching something,
2: are (laughs) you joining? And it's like, no,
0: they're not. Like they need to see you show up, show up, show up. And, um, it's funny because oftentimes when I don't feel like doing Instagram stories, I'll think of like, there's usually one person that I've had a like a discovery call with that I know they're probably Mm. watching me in that week at some point. And I'm like, just show up for them, right? Mm. Deliver them some value, show them behind the scenes of your life, connect with that one person. And if I don't, then maybe they think, Oh, she's not very active in her business. Mm -hmm. And so I've just like broken it down now into the, like, who's the one person I'm talking to this week. And I can picture them because I've already maybe had a chat with them and they're thinking about, joining the visionary method and I'm like, show up for them every day. Right. Um, I love that. That is, I'm going to take that with me. That's awesome. And it's always about one person, right? Like when are we ever like screaming to the masses, like, Hey, 3000 people who follow us on Instagram. Yeah. You're all going to want that. I'm like, no, just (laughs) talk to, you know, Sarah, who totally. expressed interest and like literally cater your messaging exactly so to her. Oh, I and love then that. Sarah joins. And then yep. next week you're like, okay, now I'm just going to tweak yep, it a little bit. Totally. Um, anyway, so that's, that's my, cool. my tip of the day. But I like that. Yeah. I think like, it's just a very humbling thought to realize that it's not one effort mm-hmm. you do that's just going to blow shit up. Mm-hmm. It's really about all those micro moments, micro touch points, and just ensuring that you know, you're adding value in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. So,
1: totally. Yeah,
0: really good tip. Um, besides, clip, click up any tools that you use that have been especially helpful or rituals that you do before or after work. Um, you've already shared a few, but just mm-hmm. curious if there's anything else you want to, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, another thing that I do, um, so I typically read for a bit in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I always like to start my day that way. Yeah. Um, I am a very active person, so I like to get out and do some sort of activity as well in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I do try and journal too. I don't do it every day, but that is one of my recurring daily tasks that I often yeah. don't do, yeah. <laughs> <That one laughs> but it's there. The yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those things that like you just want to do, but you, you for whatever reason, you struggle to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that. Another thing that I've started doing is like every morning around 1030, I like have a coffee and I sit at my desk and I watch a... Um, like a video from some sort of a course or a community yeah. that I'm in. Love that. Um, because I find we often sign up for these courses that we're really excited about or these mm-hmm. communities that we're excited about, and then we don't take the time or set aside the time to actually do the learning. And yeah. so that's been really great for me. And it's something that I actually look, really look forward to. It's like a nice little point in the yeah. middle of the day where yeah. I can just sit and watch and have a mm-hmm. coffee, and I feel like I'm still. Um, doing something really productive. I'm learning, but it's just a nice little break.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's so great because I think as people running their own businesses, sometimes we think like we just have to like work, 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 but yeah. the beauty of making your own schedule is like, oh yeah, I could have a 1030 TED talk and coffee break every so day. So true. And yeah. if that brings you joy, like that's just going to translate into you being more productive when you come back. Big time. Uh, it's like almost therapeutic, I find, mm-hmm. to... Just realize that as a creative person, your workday doesn't have to be nine to five slave labor, Mm -hmm. which I know we're probably all guilty of Mm -hmm. being like, I have so many tasks and click up or, but it's a reminder to take that break, do something that brings you joy. Mm -hmm. You are the master of this calendar Mm -hmm. and it's not always about working more. It's about like fueling your, you know, creativity and future Mm -hmm. vision so that you don't burn out yeah. so that you can keep building this business long term. So totally. Yeah. Yep. Love that. Uh, before we go, uh, do you want to give us a quick recap of how your Ironman went? So ah. you just, <laughs> we were talking before we started recording, but I think it's really cool. You just accomplished a huge personal
1: goal. So yeah. wanna give us the quick blurb of sure. how
0: the training went and yeah. then, you know, how the experience was.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a fun experience for those that don't know what an Ironman is. It's basically just like a really long triathlon So there's a swim and then it's followed by a bike and then it's followed by a run. Um, and it's something that I grew up watching my parents do, never thought that I would ever do it. And then a year ago, my dad was like, I'm signing up for one, you should do it with me. And at the time I was like, no way, there's no chance. And then about 24 hours later, I signed up for it. (laughs) Um, and so I had been training for it for about nine months, which was nuts. It was sort of like a bit of a part-time job on top of the full-time job, which was, which was wild. And, um, but it was the most amazing experience of anything I've ever done. It was Mm -hmm. so cool. I'll never forget it. Um, it was just a full day of just, um, people and it was so inspiring and it was just so much fun. And it was so cool to show myself that I could do it. Um, because I never thought that I'd be able to. And so, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just awesome. And I think it sort of set the stage for what I hope is like a long journey in the area of endurance races. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's
0: so awesome. It's yeah. such a, a great thing to have to focus on outside of your business goals. Yeah. yeah. Just have some personal stuff. Puts things into
1: perspective, into. right? It it really it's like, it, there's more to life than just the business yeah. I'm working on. There's all these other things that can bring me joy and make me happy and yeah. Love that. So if people want to learn more about you, more about Dietitian Success Center,
0: where are the best places for them to
1: find you? Yeah, so it's just DietitianSuccessCenter.com to check out the website. Um, On Instagram, me personally, I'm at KristaCo.rd or at Dietitian Success Center for the business Instagram. Um, And then also the Dietitian Success podcast as well
0: amazing i'll link all of that in the show notes thank you for recording this in person thank you so fun actually sit across the table from someone and have a conversation so So fun let's do it
1: again absolutely
0: thanks for tuning in to this episode of visionary life i love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your itunes app You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and
2: fulfillment.